Welcome to this special edition of the Christian Demand Journal podcast, where I've got me and a couple of my buddies going over some Husker talks. So while during my time in Colorado, uh, we sat down one night and had a discussion about the Huskers, kind of some past thoughts um, and what we what our thoughts are going forward. Uh, so I was able to sit down with Robbie Hart, Jacob Cover, and JT Riser um, and kind of discuss some of our things, throwing a lot of different ideas around, a lot of different viewpoints. Uh, some of us are some of us are bullish on the Huskers and some of us are bear bearish on the Huskers. So, uh, good conversation for you guys to listen to. Uh, hope you enjoy it. It's just, that's just Rob being who he is. All right. So we have, uh, Robbie Hart, JT Riser and Jacob Cover here with us today. Sup. You all can introduce Howdy. yourselves however you would like to. So we're sitting here in the Hart residence that has that has two occupants living in it. There we go. Ooh. Let's go. All right. So I'm out here visiting these guys between jobs. Wanted to cover a couple of topics, specifically Husker football, because that is pretty much one of the only things that we have in common that we all have some serious thoughts about. There we go. So I wanted to start things off first with just... Scott Frost and your guys' initial reactions of him. We've had two, had two years of him as a coach. He was hired about three years ago so that he's finished his third recruiting class. What are everybody's thoughts so far? You want me to go first? All right. Pros. I think Scott Frost is going to bring us back to the glory days. It's going to take some time. Glory days? Glory like days. 90s. 90s? 80s, 90s. Uh, well, 90s. 80s, the 80s and 90s were a little different. The 90s, we won three titles. The 80s, we were just really, really good. Yeah, but I mean, I would take the 80s right now. You know? We would take a lot of things right nine now. Nine to ten wins a season. We'd take about nine inches right now. Big ten championship. But what's your thought of, what's your thought of him to date? Because obviously that's in the future. Yeah. What about up to this point? I think he is a hell of a coach that is just trying to put the pieces together still and... He's got a lot of the players that he needs to perform well, but just hasn't gotten the right guys in the right places and right. It's just hasn't football gods just hasn't haven't wanted us to win yet. So he hasn't had had the big performances out of some of the players that he's needed them out of, like yeah. Adrian Martinez a lot this year. Yeah. So Wandale getting hurt helped. Yeah. Affect that. We're almost there. Pros, we are almost there. He's a great players coach. He's a hell of a recruiter. Cons, he's not. He he likes to point the fingers post game. One of a lot of the decisions that were made during the game kind of go back to him, and I think he's got to work on that. But one of my biggest cons of his is I think that he play call, in my opinion. Well, that's part of it, but I think also that goes into kind of what I was going to say is that. He doesn't know. It's almost like he doesn't know how to coach from behind. Like he's where he's coached before he's Oregon, and his teams at UCF out. were fast-paced offenses that had better athletes than their, than their opponents. And so it's easier to coach a game when you're ahead versus coaching from behind. And we've yeah. seen that, you know, specifically in the last game we played against Iowa. You know, there were a couple that last five minutes could have been handled differently. And if it was handled differently, maybe we could have won that game. Yeah. So that's just one of the things that I've noticed from him. Specifically, because to this point, Nebraska doesn't have better athletes than who we play. Obviously, that's what he's working on recruiting towards. We're just not to that point yet. So, obviously, if he becomes, if he gets to that point, we just have better athletes than everybody else, 
and we can we start winning games, then obviously his coaching decisions are working out in our favor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely needs to work on game management. I think that was a big weakness he had this year. Recruiting will be tough for him since he's always, I mean, in UCF. What would we have? Seventeen. So easy to recruit. Yeah, we had. We had. I don't know. Top twenty. Top twenty. It's it's different. But the biggest thing is that we got. I think we got eight kids from Florida. Yeah, we need to get those kids from Florida up to Nebraska. That's going to be the biggest challenge for him. Is is establishing that again and getting players from the South regions to come to a shitty state like Nebraska and deal with the cold and realize (laughs) that when they come here, they're going to get treated like gods if they perform. Because that's that's how that works in Nebraska. Like you get treated as a god if you perform well. Walking around campus freshman year, seeing Amir Abdullah, like people are getting whiplash and being like, "Oh fuck, that's Amir Abdullah." Like <laughs> if we get back to that caliber of players, like I think they'll see that and people will want to come. You're gonna get kids that have grown up in terrible income. Parents that didn't love them, things like that. Parents that weren't there. Then they'll come to Nebraska and you will get 90,000 people cheering for you endlessly. You a thousand, people, whole, a thousand people that meet you at the airport. The whole state will be cheering for you. You'll get endless love like the band did with Amir Abdullah when they spelled out Fear Amir his senior year. So are you saying the best recruits have daddy issues? Is that kind of what we're getting at? I'm not getting at Like, there's no I'm father figure. I'm so just Scott saying. So, Scott Frost, Daddy Frost daddy could be Frost. their daddy. He could be their daddy. Is that, I mean... He could be. I'm, that's the selling point right there. Yeah. I'm just kidding. They're, they're going to get unconditional love from Nebraska because a Husker football player gets the most love in the state of Nebraska. You don't have to split that with other schools. You know, yeah. other schools like Ohio State. You have professional teams in Ohio, like Nebraska has. Nebraska, and Texas, and Florida have all yeah. different schools, and that's to that point. That's one of the biggest things that we miss about being in the Big Twelve. Is Texas was a big hotspot for us. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, we didn't get the best players in Texas. They went but elsewhere, we but obviously Texas produces a ton of high school talent. And since we played down there all the time, we could recruit those kids, which yeah. now is tougher. So, with Frost's knowledge of the Florida recruiting, that definitely needs to be his mm-hmm. hotspot. And it's one of those things where it trickles down to where, like, one of the kids we had come in in this recruiting class, I believe it was Henry Gray, went to the same high school that um, the dude that plays for the Bucks that played for us, Levante David. He went to that same high school. So, that's something that they probably pulled and used, used to recruit him there is that – you know, your kid, your background, <laughs> yikes. Your kid and your background could show up, you know, at Nebraska, thriving Nebraska, and then playing in the NFL back yes. in Florida. So, like, not even far from mm-hmm. where he grew up. Um, so, to wrap things up about that is what would be the one word that you guys would use to describe this past season? Disappointment. Damn, that was my word. JC? Um, <clears throat> hope for next year. Nice, I like that. Nice. Look at that. Look at the positivity in you. Yeah. I'd say underwhelming. Mine would just be heart wrenching, just because there were so many games that we had that could have gone our way if just a couple things. Yeah. That, you know, obviously it wasn't like it was magic, and we just didn't make the plays that we needed to. But they, 
it still could have been a better season than it even really mm-hmm. was. Yeah, there was um, like six well, games that were one possession or less. Yeah, that's why I yeah. say disappointing. Like there were just yeah. so many plays that should have been made that weren't made, and Indiana, you know, it's a trickle goals. effect. Northwestern, no, we won Northwestern. Purdue was. There were definitely a lot of games things. we should have won. Colorado should not even. Colorado win for sure should have been win. Iowa. Last time I was out here, that definitely needed to be game victory. management. I'll say one of the biggest pros we didn't talk about though when Frost first came here was the fifty cent Frosties at Wendy's. I mean that is like such an underrated topic. I mean yeah, I, I don't. Go, I mean that's I don't like go to Wendy's. That's, that's like, like one of my Peyton. biggest that's pros. Peyton, uh, that's, you know what I mean? That's a, no, those, like, that's those are good. Yeah, those are that good. Was huge. I so, did, for that I reason, I they did that. Yeah, I and mean, that's my coach. So, huh. all right. <laughs> so, digging into more specific out of that side of things, moving into the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, the quarterback position was the most controversial at the beginning of the season, going into the season, and you know now that the season is over, that hasn't gone away. So, I guess outside of that part of it, what did you guys see from our offense this year? Wasn't it wasn't consistent. Good drives backed up by three and outs. Like just really inconsistent. A lot of bubble screens to wide receivers. Shh, shh, annoying plays like that. When you have a dual threat quarterback, I mean, use him. He's a dual threat quarterback. I know our protection wasn't the best, but. Give him some mobility to run and make a throw or run for four yards at a time and not just a you know, a snap and then a quick throw out to a wide receiver that gets tackled because we don't have big wide receivers, so they're not blocking well. I think we stepped on our own feet, like, I want to say five or six drives every game that resulted in punts. Like, yeah. when you've got a drive going and all of a sudden it's a false start or a holding penalty, that's just... That's Killers. a drive killer, and it killed us almost every time. And when you have that, and then an inconsistent quarterback, inconsistent line, <clears throat> who is young and not communicating well with, amongst themselves. Yeah, one, the, one of the yards. funniest personnel things that I saw was actually in the Purdue game. They talked about um, they wanted to get Jack stole the ball in like one of those little screens on like the goal line. And because of our personnel, it actually ended up being Wanda Robinson was a lead blocker for our yeah. tight end. Like how does like just because of our personnel, like that grouping makes no it sense. It shouldn't be that way. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to get Jack Stoleball, run a tight end out or something like that, get him on a cut or post or something. He's a big guy. Let him go up for a ball. Don't flip the ball out mm-hmm. to him and hope someone's gonna you hope know, a five eight right receiver can block, block. a six two linebacker. Yeah, no. for you need him blocking yards. for. Wandale, if you're going to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, positives about the offense, though, there are we got some weapons. eight four-stars on our offense next year, or seven four-stars on our offense next year. I mean, you still have Jer- Jurgens, who's a we didn't lose tight end to center four-star, but still he's an athlete. He'll get better. He'll figure it out. Yeah, but Jurgens was also arguably our best lineman. Yeah. He had some shitty snaps. Yeah, but those got fixed. I mean, that's just yeah. That's but just those practice. are back to the drive killer thing. Like yeah, I mean that's he, like I'm saying he, he's an athlete. He'll get it figured out. Mm-hmm. So that's a positive to look at. It's like seven or eight four stars, and then the rest are three stars. Positives. 
We've got a nice little quarterback controversy, I think, going into next year. Yeah, yeah. I love big it. on little, that. A little bit of battle, and I think that's just going to step everyone's game up. Like, oh shit, yeah. everyone on this team is replaceable, even if you're a potential Heisman contender at the start of the year. Like, He didn't play like it. Hell no. I mean, we argued about it all year. <laughs> you wanted him to play, I wanted him out. Yeah, I it's a tough situation, but I think I've said this to a couple people, but I and I'll say it again. I think it's I I, I think it's Martinez is going to have a job. I don't see any way that McCaffrey yeah. starts the year. Uh, but looking at our schedule, our fourth game is against Cincinnati. We have we open the year with five straight home games and a, a conference game, and then three non-conference games. Based on those four games, I think that's when. A decision would be made if there is one to make, just because you know if we're it takes one game. If we, you know if we come out and beat Purdue by thirty, and Martinez has the best game he's ever played in Nebraska, I mean, all that stuff goes away, mm-hmm. and it becomes his team mm-hmm. again. Even if he play doesn't play necessarily that great the next week, but mm-hmm. if we still win or whatever. But obviously, if we're two and two, or yeah. God forbid, one and three, I mean, then everybody's gonna want his head on a stick. Yeah, and wants just want someone else just because mm-hmm. you want to see what we have. Well, disappointing year the previous year, and then disappointing start to the year. I, I agree that he'll start the year as QB one, and that's the point of having what we now have as three four star quarterbacks and an additional third star QB that's mm-hmm. been in Frost system for this will be his fourth year. Mm-hmm. So someone should know how to run the damn offense at this point, and yeah. if it's not working next year, I don't really know what's going to be. But I think what was more disappointing than the offense was our defensive production last year. I, we had a lot of people that didn't that should have played well. You know, Mo people Berry, like Mo Berry, the Davis brothers, um, even Lamar Jackson, who's going to be a very think, high, a very high draft pick, so just overrated. did not play so, very well. He is overrated, but he has size, and you can't you can't teach someone to be his size. You can't teach someone to, to play the. You can't teach yeah. someone to be six three. But if, he, if you you can teach him how to play the ball. Yeah, I mean, that's he can get NFL coaching and they can he'll be make him better. Money. And again, because I mean, there's no cornerbacks in the NFL. are six three. I mean, think about how many lockdown cornerbacks there are on this league. Two: Stephon Gilmore in New England and Richard Sherman. Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, not any, not uh, anymore. Uh, Twenty-seven white for the Bills. Yes. Yeah, I guess he's pretty good. Okay, but that's but Dude's what I'm saying is you can count him yeah, on one hand. Like, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. Not, not every corner in the NFL is a lockdown guy. Mm-hmm. Like you know, but someone that you know can drop back and play his own or whatever. So yeah. that's. Um, but yeah, he definitely didn't play like a draft pick this year, no. and he hasn't, in my opinion, for, re- for most of his career because I've never been a big fan of his. No, I mean his. He showed improvement over four years, but yeah, he's very small improvement from where he started. Yeah, his whole junior year he didn't have a pick. Very disappointing. His first recruit. pick was his senior year. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Our whole DBs didn't have a pick. His junior year, something like that. Yeah, which is atrocious. It's sad. Especially for how many points teams put up against us, you would think that eventually there'd be a ball that get picked <laughs> by a defensive back. <laughs> but yeah, how many deep throws and deep yeah. routes that come against us? Um. Looking back on the year, what do you, who do you guys think was the most underperforming player not named Adrian Martinez? Because that's obvious. Underperforming player, like player awesome. who we player who we thought was going to do well going into the Mo- year. Maurice Washington. That's mine. Uh, Kawhi Noah. Really? Yeah, the wide receiver. Yeah, he sucked. I was 
that's a good one, but I'm glad you said that because that's what I was thinking. Someone that we needed big time. We, he was he didn't put, put on any weight in the offseason. He was supposed to be the guy, and Wanda yeah, was, was supposed to be his assistant. A lot. And because of it's kind of in court a lot. <laughs> yeah. Can't eat I mean, meals. Yeah, there are some distractions. <laughs> yeah, whatever whatever he did off the field, I was thinking that, and then whatever happened inside of the team that basically got him removed from the team halfway yeah. through the season was certainly not what we needed this year. Going into the year, he's someone that, you know, kind of the same thing as Martinez, what we saw his freshman year. You know, you expect him to get better in the offseason, which we saw in the Colorado game. I mean, the screen touchdown that he had for like 70 yards mm-hmm. was huge, and that helped us stay in that game even though we ended up losing. So, I mean, that's – he was mine, which I'm glad you said that. Uh, but Noah was a good one too because I, you know, I, ex- I expected someone that's – a senior, someone that's older than everybody else, would be able to actually run a route and yeah. catch a ball. Run a route. He couldn't do any of those. Show some authority. Shocked. Be a leader. He didn't do anything. He dropped open passes. He would never get possession over a cornerback and just really didn't look like a good wide receiver. He had one good catch against North Illinois, in, against North Illinois that I'm still not convinced was actually a catch in the end zone because I think he was out of bounds and I don't know how they didn't call it a touchdown. Drunk me for sure thought that was a catch. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's drunk all of us every, every time the Oscars yeah. play. Uh, flipping that around, who do you think overperformed their expectations this year going into the season? I think an easy one would say Wandale because he's a freshman, a true freshman. We didn't really know what he was. But at the same do. time, he's a five-star kid. He was a very highly recruited kid, and yeah, but he's—I don't know—still a freshman. Hasn't been in any big weightlifting thing, D1 or anything like that. I mean, there's plenty of five-star kids that flop. Yeah, and I mean, as far as that goes, like overperforming. Diedrich. No one really. I, think, I mean, Diedrich Mills. Yeah, he had a lot of. I mean, he got basically like told you're going to be first string. Like you're going to get most of the carries. Good luck. I think. Yeah, I, I would say him more than Wanda because he was because Mills was almost kind of third on the depth chart coming into the season behind Washington and Wanda as far as who was going to get the most touches going into the year just because he doesn't have the speed that they do and that's what the whole Frost offense is based off of. But but someone that overperformed for me was JoJo Doman from the linebacker position because we expected that to be Mo Berry, the guy that was kind of flying around making plays, but it was more so him and also seeing kind of how his ability to cover receivers in the flat from that outside linebacker position is huge in the defense that we run. Um, he's not from too far from here either, which is interesting that he went to Nebraska versus going anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say someone who really stepped up um, was the kicker who finally, the the walk-on kicker from the intramural soccer team. There you go. Because um, we couldn't we consistently make a field, bo- field goal for like the well, first seven, eight yeah, games. That, then after that, you know, he kind of found a rhythm, so... Yeah. Um, that was at least shout out kind of Harris, exciting. Shout out to and one of our former Pledge brothers that made a field goal in the Maryland game too, which was which was huge. Um, but yeah, that's getting into special teams would just be a whole different animal because that was just that was just an absolute debacle of personnel. That's just <laughs> that was just disaster. A bonus. But yes, but we finished the year five and seven. We're one game away from going to a bowl game. We haven't been to a bowl game in three years and haven't won one in four. Which is tough. tough to swallow for Nebraska fans. Anyone that's a Husker <laughs> fan, knowing our history, um, 
But obviously the best part about college football is players graduate, you have new freshmen come in, and it's a new season next year. So what are you guys – what are you thinking as far as next year goes? I mean, obviously coming into this past season there was a lot of hype, not only from Nebraska fans but also national fans. We were 4-8 and eight in 2018, and we were preseason ranked in the AP poll at number 22 after that season going into the 2019 season. Um, so it wasn't just local press that people thought we were going to have a great year. It was national press thinking we could contest for the Big Ten West, play in the Big Ten title game, and maybe even win that. So coming from that, I guess, what are you guys' thoughts looking for this upcoming year? Uh, personally, I don't think that this year will be great. I think that there's a chance for it to jump, and it's all going to revolve around the quarterback position. Wide receivers were fine. We have, you know, Jacob Swift out. He's got to grab another beer. Small, quick <laughs> wide receivers. They'll do fine in the offensive scheme that Scott Frost runs. And I think you're the one that pointed out to me he wants to score 30-some points a game. So, I mean, he's not really relying on defense. And that's fine because he runs an offense where you can score quickly and score often. You just have to have a quarterback to step up and make those plays. Yeah, so, so, what what I Rob is alluding to is in post-game press conferences, Scott Frost has mentioned that his – Magic number is 35, and if you look at the numbers over his career, when his team has scored over 35 points, their winning percentage is over 70%, and when they scored less than that, I believe it's like 40-something. So that's kind of his magic number in the sense of that, which makes sense from the teams that he's been on and and the philosophy he grew up with from the coaching perspective playing at Oregon is that if you, you know, score that many points, obviously, you know, it puts pressure on the other team to, you know, some teams aren't built to score that many points. Yeah, just and them. if you put them yeah. in a tough position, that's that's what he's trying to do. You know, obviously we haven't gotten to that point, but there are a couple game examples that kind of like, you know, like this year would be the Maryland game where we just kept scoring and got them out of their comfort zone and then they couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like our defense stepped up and yeah. did a ton. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll go to a bowl game this year. I don't think we're going to go that many years without going to a bowl game. I don't think it'll be anything big, but I mean, quarterback steps up, then sky's the limit, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd say as Nebraska fans, I mean, a six and six or a seven and five season, I think you have to be happy with that um, for this next season. Just be realistic with it. Ha! Huh. I gotta go and maybe a Big Ten championship. <laughs> like Some, we were supposed to do this. Year. Some, somebody had to say it. I mean, I mean, it's looking at the big, looking at the Big Ten West. I mean, it is very, very weak. Iowa lost their quarterback. So weak. Wisconsin lost their quarterback and running back. We don't really have a quarterback. I mean, okay, we've got we have our a, first big test of the year. We have Adrian returning, who we all agree that he's going to start, and he just came off of a shit season. Yeah, but he still has. I take our but he still has more game experience. Than I take our quarterback over any quarterback in the Big Ten West. Yeah, I would say that's true. I would. Like, I would not take Adrian Martinez how he played this past year over any quarterback in the Big Ten West. But you can't, I mean, you can't base it on the past. You base it on what you think he's going to do. Well, I think that he's going to play similar to what he did this year. I don't think he's going to pan out. If he does, then, I mean, I think we'll do great. But he just seems so indecisive now after his first year. I mean, his first year he went out, played... Didn't really think about it. That's a great word to describe him. Indecisive. That's what my father preached all season long. And this year he was just... There were times when there would be holes and he would take a stutter step and then hit the hole. And it's like, no, just fucking hit it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was timid. He's... 
I don't know what happened. I think you said that there was a possible injury or something that might be causing well, it. I mean, he had. I mean, I saw him right before Christmas. He had. He had. He had shoulder surgery. I don't know what the exact injury was or whatever. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, it, it's a good point. But again, it's you know that it's looking at it from all different sorts of angles in the sense of that you know his was his freshman year maybe a blip in the road because as far as a good blip because he had Stanley Morgan as a receiver and he, he could always throw it to him and his stats were better than they would have been if he didn't have that receiver I mean that's you have to look at like obviously he had a great freshman year but if you look at his passing yards they went to Morgan because he's, Spielman. He's, Morgan was the only thousand yard receiver we ever had and Spielman had a good year as well but he had, but Spielman missed four games that year mm-hmm. still had a whole bunch of yards though yeah so what I'm saying is it's, it's it's those two receivers. So, you know, moving that to the the next year, you know, it's not if if JD Spielman isn't open, it's kind of hard for Martinez to throw the ball. I mean, just looking at it from the other perspective, I, I'm not saying he played well because obviously he played bad, but it's he did play bad, and it, and like you said, I mean, we agree that he's he was indecisive this year, and if he's coming off of a surgery, I think that's only going to add to it. It's going to be more of a mental block for him. Yeah. If he can get over that, I'm not saying that he won't be a great quarterback because he will. He's an athlete. He's quick. He can make throws when he trusts himself, but it doesn't seem like he trusts himself a lot. So I would much rather have someone that was less of an athlete that trusted themselves than someone that's more of an athlete that doesn't trust himself. Yeah, I'm certainly not uh, certainly not projecting us to go to the Big Ten championship game. I think – we would go kind of what I was thinking going into this year, a little adjusted. I think we'll go either seven and five, or if things pan out, eight and four. Yeah, I was uh, seven and just, I'm, I'm looking at the schedule this year. We what got, do we got for the schedule? We got Purdue at home first game. We have five straight home games to start the year, yeah, which is nice. But wild. but at the end of the year, that, that sucks. A lot of for, the, for the second half of the season, yeah. it sucks. Purdue first game that'll be big. I think that's definitely a test. And I mean, it's a season. It's, it's a, a season setter. If we if we lose that game, the season's in the toilet. I mean, that's it, like as sad as it is. Like that's yeah. how it is. But I think if we win that, we beat Central Michigan decidedly. We beat South Dakota State decidedly. I don't know about that. You understand South Dakota State beat, lost to Minnesota by a point this year, right? Yeah, on the road, and Minnesota throttled us. Yeah. So. Then we I'm just just putting that out there because I don't know if I like like I get that they're an FCS team, but South Dakota State's a top ten FCS team and could pretty much like they're probably better than Rutgers. So I mean, oh, like, well, so they'll I mean, play like a true underdog. They'll be scrappy. They'll hit hard. Yeah. They'll. they'll and play their I'm, so, I'm sure yeah. there are Hustle, there are yeah. plenty of kids from Omaha or oh. elsewhere in Nebraska oh, that yeah. play at South Dakota State sure. that would love to get a chance to knock off the state school that didn't recruit them, didn't yeah. want them. Yeah. Whatever. So that's anyway. I think we win that game. I mean, I think we win, but I mean, it's, then we have Cincinnati at home. Cincinnati is ranked. That might be a loss. Season. That's going to be a hell of a game. I think. So that's so that's that's the season turner, not the season decider. Did their QB go the Riddler dude? What? No, the QB going? stayed. The, the running back left. He got gotcha. mm-hmm. which is huge. But yeah. they're still then projected got, to be preseason. Ranked. I mean, yeah, they're huge. Pretty good. So <sighs> then we've got at Northwestern who. Was absolutely terrible this year, That'd and I don't think they yeah, have win. really anything to improve upon. Like they, they're just going to be bad. Illinois had a fluke season, winning seven games. <laughs> and well, their and their quarterback will be gone because first he winning season in since fucking we World War Two. Like <laughs> <laughs> then we've got at Rutgers off a of bye week, so two bye weeks. 
Then we have at Ohio State. That's a loss. Big time. Penn State at home. That will be a hell of a game at the middle of our season. Definitely a test. We'll see how that goes. Then we have at Iowa. I think the ball finally rolls our way against Iowa, and we win that game. Well, they finally get At Wisconsin, it's always going to just be tough. Wisconsin's had our number. Probably another loss. It's three losses. Then we have Minnesota, who has lost everyone on offense. And that game's at home. And it's at home, and we are going to kill PJ Fleck. I would like, be a fan of that. Yeah. So that used car sim. Eight to nine sad. wins. All right. I'll it's say there. eight to nine. Because again, it's also one of those things. Like you know, if you looked at the schedule this season, no one, no one in August thought Minnesota was going to beat Penn State, and they yes. did. Like it's that's the best part about college football is all you know it's momentum wise, and we have a chance in those first seven games to be. Yeah. Seven and zero, six and one, five and two, rolling into that Ohio State game where the last time we were there, we lost by five points to a guy that had that set the record in the Big Ten for the most passing yards ever and was a top ten draft pick in the NFL, mm-hmm. playing quarterback, plus the countless other pros that they have on that team. So I mean, it's again, I've like not like Ohio State will beat us just because they have better athletes than us. That's just the yeah. fact of the matter is. But mm-hmm. games like Iowa and Wisconsin and those stuff, you know. I, I still look at them in the same sense of that if we play well, we will win. Like, if you look yeah. at the games that this year, Iowa, yeah. we didn't play well, we should have, you know, like, the, there won. weren't, there, I don't think there was a single game this year that we played well and just got beat. Like, the games that we played well, we won. The games that we didn't play well, we lost. Like, yeah. it sounds yeah. stupid, but it honestly is as simple as that versus, mm-hmm. like, that Ohio State game a couple years ago, like we played probably about as well as we could, but we're, you know, we couldn't beat that team because they're just better they're than good. us. Yeah. But I mean, Wisconsin losing some offensive linemen to the draft, losing Jonathan Taylor, their quarterback was average at best. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not anything special. Wisconsin game was shitty. We beat ourselves. We had special teams errors. We had just huge. Momentum killer. We touched on them and kicked the ball off, and they scored. It's the same thing happened in the Iowa game. It happened twice. Two two home games in a row. You can't have that. Like you can't try and build momentum, especially at home. Ninety some yard kick return. I mean, I I was at both those games, and when you have ninety thousand going nuts because it's a game, and then literally thirty seconds later, it's back to right where it was at. I mean, that's that's the kind of stuff that can't happen, and it's crazy that that's what it is. But I mean. The only game, because even with Penn State, like Penn State has a ton going off off the field right now. I mean, who knows how many players they're going to have? If they're going to have the same head coach, I mean, they got a lot of hazing stuff going on um, <laughs> that apparently they've been doing in their locker rooms and stuff for the past couple of years, which is not good for them. Uh, so, I mean, the only game on there that's that you look at and you can for sure mark a loss is the Ohio State game. Yeah. I mean, everything else is maybe we'll Ball see. Ball rolls away this year. That's that's a Big Ten championship, boys. <laughs> Appearance. Appearance. <laughs> I'd go 0 and 2 against Ohio State this year. Throw that in there. Appearance. Well, it would be the first time we've appeared in the Big Ten title game since 2012, I believe. When so we got in bounced by Wisconsin. Bounced by Wisconsin. Yeah, that was sad. That was no fun. But I'd do it again. <laughs> I wouldn't. Yeah. We take enough of those beatings now, I wouldn't do that again. <laughs> If we make it, I want to actually – we don't even have to win. I just want to make it an actual game. Yes. So as far as getting to that point, so what's <laughs> – who's the player that's going to get us there? 
who's the player? Who, who are the player or couple of players that are going to get us to the Big Ten championship game? Our line, offensively, I've got Jurgens, Martinez, and Spielman. Spiel, I don't know about Spielman. Spielman's fake, in my opinion. Yeah, I know, and he's a because he's up this year. He's not as fast as Wandale, so he's not he's not going to be he's not as fast enough to be that slot guy, and being a short fuck. He can't really be a. He should. He proved this year that he can't be a wide receiver one. He was our best receiver, and he didn't do shit all year. Yeah. I mean, he proved that he can't be that. So I don't know. I don't know exactly how he fits into the offense next year, especially when we have that JUCO Omar Omar Manny coming in. He's going to be our fast. wide receiver one, fast, strong, six four. Yeah, tall. That's a big dude. That's a big get for Nebraska football. <laughs> we'll it finally is. have someone to throw the ball to. Yeah, okay. I mean it's. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing is like it's crazy because even like you don't even need to be like it's great that he's six four but like if you look at some of the great receivers we have in the past ten years they're six foot six one like that like that's enough yeah but we enough, have a but... bunch of guys that are five ten and smaller yeah. which you need like you need your Wandales and you need those people to have the ball slot and run and run yeah. and slot receivers that can run as fast as he can but you got to have both so that so I just think that. We need an outside. Threat. Spielman's going to be interesting to watch this Manning year because provides. with Manning on the outside, I think <coughs> people like Spielman and Mills and some of the other running backs that we got, I think they'll be more featured than mm-hmm. Spielman himself. So that's gonna, it's going to be interesting to see that dynamic. Yeah. I think defensively having, what is it, Darian Williams? Damian? No, he, this, is, uh, this is Damian. Damian, yeah. He got hurt first game of the year last year, which meant Buddha was at safety. We had Eric Lee at safety which really just kind of fucked our defense all year. And I think having him back is going to be huge for our secondary, having Boodle at uh, corner of the game, and then you've got some new guys Boodle's coming Boodle's a senior this year, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we've got, we've got a lot of young guys that can play quarter. Braxton Clark's a good corner. We've got a couple of, like we've got a couple of true freshmen that have a chance to make some playing time or push people to make some playing time. But I think along with Damian Williams is also uh, – Cam Taylor Britt too is huge because yes. he can yeah. play sa- he can play safety, safety almost outside linebacker nickel. and corner at the same time like that nickel role so I think that's he's huge but I also think the <clears throat> I don't know who it's going to be but whoever takes Moberry's spot is I think is our biggest person because Will Honus it already has he's going to be one of our inside linebackers but whoever is opposite him I think that's the biggest part of it because the way the fourth the three four defense works is. Your defensive linemen basically kind of clog up the line. The outside linebackers are the ones that rush off the edge and create pressure. And then your middle linebackers are the ones that have to stop the run and play basically within the first five yards. And that's where we got beat the most because, you know, sure, Mulberry make a tackle, but if it's four yards down the field, that doesn't really do anything. Mm-hmm. That tackle's got to be made at the at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage. So <clears throat> I don't know who it's going to be, but whoever takes his spot is going to play the biggest part in what we do. Yeah, that's huge. Uh-oh. Does Ben then, Silly come back this year? Yeah. He'll be big. He's Well, he needs to be big because he, he did nothing this year mm-hmm. Yeah, off the, off the edge. I don't know if he was just pissed because he didn't play a bunch over the Daniels brothers or whatever, but he's a good player. He's a small-town kid from Ashland. He's got a – he's big. Who's the other – who's the Scott's Bluff kid? Uh, Garrett Nelson. Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> That, that kid, kid is dumber than John Kofel, but he's got a motor on him. So if they can, if they can, if they can tweak that, the ball. If they can tweak that a little bit. Yikes! 
water sucks. <laughs> but yeah, so he basically he basically is our water boy. Um, I listened to another uh, another podcast. They call him they call him the ultimate fighting champion. There you go. Uh, so I mean, I, I think he's got to have a big year too. But it's obviously it all comes down to the quarterback. That's the frost offense. Whoever is playing quarterback, <coughs> they need to play well, or our season's going to go into the toilet once again. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think having a good offensive line would help out a ton with that, though. Yeah. Because, I mean, if he's going to be indecisive and you have a good offensive line, less well, of a problem. Hopefully, considering we got the third best offensive line prospect in the country, yeah. hopefully that helps. Um, I I think he's going to play. He should be our left guard because Trent Hickson out of Creighton Prep sucks cock and got his ass ran every single game last year. So has a lot to do with the high school. I yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Prep. You definitely he's, make that argument. He's just used to it. They just um, need to get more Class B kids up, and yes. we'd be good. Need some more Spencer Lawrence, <laughs> big time. Um, but yeah, but I think I think our offensive line will be. I think um, Hymas is going to be a left tackle. Turner Corcoran, that kid, will be at guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jurgens at center. And then I think they're going to move uh, Farniak from tackle to guard. And then I think uh, Bryce Benhart will play right tackle. right tackle. So Bryce Benhart's the kid out of Minnesota, was the best player last year. He's, I think he's 6'9, 320. Yeah, he's a big boy. Playing our right tackle. So I think he's, nice. I think 6'9, <laughs> 320 is nice. Yeah. That's a big he's boy. a big ass dude. Right. And so he's I think. He's not just some <laughs> fat blob that you're sticking on the line. <laughs> no. I think it's. I think he's going to be in a position where he plays right tackle next year, and then when next year is Hymas a senior, I think you'll see him switch to be our our left tackle for the next three years after his freshman year. Uh, that would that would be my guess in the offensive line. I think that's obviously where we need to be the best because if you know, offensive line toughest position to play on the field. If you don't have it, you can't do anything. I mean, it's a fact. If you don't have an offensive line that's worth shit, your quarter doesn't matter who your quarterback is, doesn't matter who your running back is. Doesn't matter what great receivers you are. If you can't get them the ball, doesn't mean shit. Just find someone to hit the kid in front of them. <laughs> well, we have five kids that hit that hit them this year, and you just called them ass earlier in this podcast. So Yeah, it did, because they couldn't hit them. They got hit. I mean, Next topic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, like, the, obviously nothing huge has happened in the offseason. You know, recruiting has kind of died down. The biggest... Off-season news was that we just fired our offensive coordinator two weeks ago and brought in one of Frost's old uh, coaches and old co-coordinators at Oregon, uh, Matt Lubbock, who was working at Oregon for a few years, then worked at Washington under Chris Peterson, and then has taken the last year off and will now be joining the staff. Actually, I don't know if you guys you guys probably didn't see this because you don't care, but he as of he signed his contract. I think it was like last Tuesday. The next day, he was in like New Jersey recruiting some, like running back or some 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 some, some player in <clears throat> New Jersey. Which obviously, he, I think he still lives in Washington, so he's also moving at the same time. Um, that's but yeah, I think right that's what we need. I think that's going to be huge because our offensive coordinator Troy Walters was had only worked with Frost at UCF yeah. for two years, and then with two years with us, I think. Frost may not say this now, but in five years he may tell you that he wanted Matt Lovett to be his OC at UCF, but he was still at Oregon and didn't want to leave that job um, Can't blame for him. obvious reasons. So I think the biggest thing for him is his wide receiver development. They That's what they used him for at Oregon. He was their wide receiver's coach, and they're part of their passing game coordination, um, and that's clearly where, outside of the offensive line, that's our 
probably second biggest position group on the team, not even just on offense that needs to be fixed because, you know, again, our, our, I'm pretty sure our top receiver last year was Wandale out of the backfield who was playing mm-hmm. running back. Like, yeah. you're not going to win a ton of games when your <laughs> running back is your leading receiver. <laughs> so, I mean, that's – as far as news goes, that's pretty much it. There's nothing else going on. Haven't had any more <laughs> legal scandals from running backs or – Anything new. There's time. Uh, There's plenty of time. That's true. <laughs> I mean, we kind of need it. I mean, in, yeah, in the 90s, more. we had the biggest biggest scandal Nebraska's ever had, and we won three titles. So, I mean, <laughs> shit, if that's, if that's what it takes, that's what it fucking takes. I need a new Lawrence Phillips. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. I'm talking about a kid that has some parental issues and just authority figure issues. Pops. Was him. Was him. Um, but, yeah, anything else uh, you guys want to say to the people? I like the new coordinator. I think he's going to be a great fit, and we don't have to change our offense at all. He just steps in and fixes our receivers, shows them how to run some routes, and three, shows our quarterback how to throw to those routes, and it's going to be a nice year. We're going to see you guys in the Big Ten Championship game. Man, <laughs> I would say the key to recruiting in the future is taking kids pheasant hunting in Nebraska. There we like go. Like what they did this year. We so did that I think to that's a kid huge. from that South Dakota. That was in South Dakota. Was oh, well, that kid was but that's still, badass. Was that a South Dakota kid? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He went to Nate Gary's high school? Was that what someone said? Or no, is that somebody else? That's that's a different recruit. But that <laughs> that kid actually he ha- now owns the South Dakota state record in wrestling. He wrestles heavyweight. He's... He's a big boy. He's had pins in 53 straight matches, I think. Yeah, yeah. something you love to see. So, like, he, I, he's won state titles before. I, I believe he's probably going to win it this year again. again um, yeah. Having him, he probably – I would doubt that he plays next year. I mean, maybe, but he's someone that's going to be huge to watch over the next couple years on the inside of our line because, you know, that's – Wrestling, I think, is a huge under, underrated quality, especially for defensive linemen. Offense is a little different. Um but for defensive linemen, having someone that knows how to wrestle and get off of people yeah. is huge for that position. Speaking of wrestlers and offense, Ben Stilley, <laughs> uh, he uh, he was my 12th or 6th grade <laughs> soccer goalie. Really? And he yeah. was an absolute stud at wrestling. Yeah. Absolute stud. Well, he needs to fix his shit because he played like ass yeah. last year. <laughs> so he needs to figure it out. I mean, but that kid grew up real quick. Harrison <laughs> Phillips, kid from Millard West that went to Stanford. Three-time state wrestling yeah. champion. Mm-hmm. Well, that wrestling is one thing too. Big as far as the as far as the recruiting goes, it's huge that we got the best player in the state, uh, Xavier Betts, out of Bell West. West. It's huge. Yeah, um, I mean, it's you look at any team. You know, I always go back to Mizzou because I'm from there. They never get the top kids in yeah. the state of Missouri, and it's because they suck. Well, yeah. <laughs> But if you're, I mean, if your recruiting tactic is good enough, you can you can get kids to go. I mean, they got they got like one of the best linebackers is going to Minnesota. Like you're telling me, Minnesota is a much better place to go than Mizzou. Yeah, I mean, it's not they're not all going to Ohio State. Like obviously Zeke no. did from mm-hmm. St. Louis, but yeah. like they're not all going to Ohio State and Clemson and Alabama. Like they're just being out recruited by people because they choose mm-hmm. not to be. So, yeah, I mean, some people just have like a better recruiting tactic. I mean, I know like Mike Leach. Gets his recruits. He'll say to quarterbacks, "Would you rather be a third string quarterback at Alabama or set the school record in passing yards this year?" Like, yeah. Yeah. how would you not want to just throw just the ball? Just drop from that on the table. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, well, 
thank you guys for uh, sitting down and having this discussion with me. Great time. Uh, I appreciate you letting me stay in your home. The uh, couch has been very comfortable for the past couple of days. So Sleep on the bed tonight. I think I'll be yeah. taking the bed downstairs tonight. Um, there you go. But, yeah, appreciate having you guys. All right. Take Thanks, it easy. Sir. Thank All you. Right. See you tomorrow morning. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Christian Demand Journal podcast. I really hope you guys enjoyed the conversation that we had. I know we enjoyed having the conversation. So looking forward to doing more things like this for you guys, uh, keeping things interesting so it's not just me on the mic back here. I want to get the opinions of my friends, family members, um, and keep rolling from there. So until next time, always remember, iron sharpens irons and never end the fight. Have a good one.